0: appreciate you brother Thank you, bless you, Thank you so much. That's great. well thanks guys it's great to be here it's really cool in fact it's really cool so um <laughs> uh, you know uh coming from auckland and loving the heat I, I i mean and auckland's not hot enough for me but um i you know i manage in auckland with lots of jerseys and singlets and people make fun of me but i don't care <laughs> actually um, my son and i went to cambodia uh, Gee, about three years ago and it was 37 degrees it was like cool heat not humid heat and i loved it i was very at home whereas he's the dead opposite to me he's a mind contract he's always in shorts no matter what the weather and uh yeah it was a funny time but but it was great hey i must say this auditorium just looks magnificent it looks fantastic Oh, wow, it's so uh, impressive walking in. I was really blessed, and, and the car park is fantastic too, you know. So, oh, boy, you, you know, the, whoever has done it, it's just a wonderful job, and it's just a privilege to,
1: what is that?
0: It's supposed to be on silent. I'm just being texted by one of my sons. Oh, gosh. They <laughs> say, go, Dad, go, Dad, you know, whatever. Oh, how... F- it shouldn't be doing that, because I'll put it on um, flight mode, because um, I had it on Do Not Disturb, so it beats me. Um, actually, um, that's my oldest boyhood, they've just become pastors at Church Unlimited Sydney, and um, they're just starting out from their own home, and uh, they've been going about three months, They a pool of about 30, and... Um, they're doing so well. They just love people. They're always having them over. And, uh, you know, it's, um, it's just a, a real joy. Proud dad, of course, to, to see that happening. But it is really good to be here with you guys. I'm really appreciative of the invite, and it's just so a real joy for me to be here. And so let's just pray before we come to God's word this morning. Father, we want to thank you for your love for us. You are such a good God, and Lord, we just commit ourselves to you. We pray you'll speak to each one of us something that we need to receive, that will move us forward in you, will grow in you because of today. So thank you, Lord, as we commit ourselves to you now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Well, I'm speaking this morning on the message, The Coming Harvest. We live in times, I think, that are, that are very uncertain. There's a lot of unrest in uh, around. It's not in just our own country, but around the globe, we can see things happening, there's a lot of toing and froing, and and uh, these are times when men's hearts start to fail them for fear, and these are times that I am reminded, because being a Christchurch boy, I am reminded that uh, in the 70s, when I got saved, I was at Teachers College at the time here, uh, it felt very similar, and there was a lot of turbulence. There was, uh, you know, a whole rising up against um, authority. There was a whole sense of uh, changing of morality. There's just a range of things happening that a, caused a lot of conflict in society, and and from that, people began to um, search out for some answer in life. And uh, and many turned to God in this nation and and in Christchurch, and and I was one of those people, and I said I was at uh, college at the time, and... um I, uh, I went on this Jesus march, I wasn't even a Christian, but we walked up, you know, um, the, the main street and I'm yelling out, give me a J, and everyone's going J, and give me an E, and they following me, I thought, wow, I'm not even, a, you know, but I was very close, I was very close, That was all, uh, uh, you know, I was only saved a few days after that, I thought i better get saved now. And, um, you know, people were open because they had had their whole life so unsettled by the events and the turmoil and the things that were happening. And this is happening right now across the planet. And I believe God is allowing it. He doesn't cause it, but he will use it for his purposes. And I want to say, get ready. There's coming a harvest to St. Albans Baptist. There's coming a harvest to this church. There's coming a harvest to our nation and the nations of the world as God brings in the end time harvest that his heart so, so longs to see. And uh, they are exciting times. They are stretching times. I don't know how you've been feeling, but the last year or so and... uh you know, God has been stretching. In fact, I was talking with uh, Pastor Tark just recently. We talked a bit. He said, "He said, you know, the last 18 months, he said, have been really stretching, really challenging. Despite so many good things happening, he said, for me, it's been quite a challenge and quite, quite something. And I think it's, it's like that. On one hand, God is is allowing all this uncertainty to take place and the stretching and this enlarging. It's not just personal; it's across." the whole planet, I believe. But also he's doing good things and he's bringing encouragement and he's bringing those postcards of his love. And people are searching out. And I remember when I was at Teachers College and um, I was there on on some sort of um, first day speech that they were giving us and a a man called, his name was Dr. Man back then. And he said, and I always remember this, he said, you know, during your time here at Teachers College, these three years, some of you are going to have really life changing experiences and encounters that will change you forever. And I thought, wow, I hope that is me. I wanted my life to change. And one thing that uncertainty does is it makes us seek out for something else. And I believe that God is softening the hearts of people right now that you are in contact with in your job. Um, in your neighborhood and your, your family. He's softening the hearts of people and he's getting them ready for God to turn up on the scene. For myself, uh, I had been living previously in Sydney and I know some of you know this. So I told you at a seminar a wee while ago, I was on Bondi Beach sunbathing and, um, and these, these two guys, a girl and a guy came and talked to me about Jesus and I thought, wow, that's crazy. Who does that? But they, and what they said actually made sense. And I said to them, yeah, when we're finished talking, I, I like what you say, but I am not ready right now. And that was true; I was not ready. I did not want to change. Thank you very much. But I could see it made sense. But God began to uh, uh, shake my little world, and I had a relationship that we I broke up with this girl. I changed uh, what I was doing and came back to Christchurch. And, and the soil of my heart had been really softened and I began to seek out for something in life and I was looking into Eastern religions and I also had a Bible and thought I'd have a look at that as well. I can remember lying in my bath with a book on yoga and a book on Jesus. And, you know, I was just looking. And I, I think I went to the library here in Christchurch and all these books on religion. I thought, man, how am I ever going to get through and read those to find about, about God? You know, um, thank, thank God he wasn't that far away. They had to read all these books. So, you know, God, I believe, is preparing the hearts of people right now and he's getting this massive harvest ready it is going to happen get ready i tell you these are exciting days and i was saved at um what was then Sydney aog i believe today it's a shopping mall um it's a fancy one too i i I got told so my sister told me and so you know let's all go on but but thank god there's something in my heart i can remember At that time, every Sunday night, it seemed without fail about 20 people were saved and I mean radically saved I mean it was exciting days in Christchurch it was exciting and I was at college and the Christians would be walking around we'd be singing songs and be taking over the place you know and oh it was amazing and we're probably a bit of a nuisance to be honest but but there was a joy there was an enthusiasm there was an excitement and that's what God wants us all to have in our lives you know God is he's so near he's such a great dad he loves you so dearly he cares about your life he he wants to overshower and overflow you with his blessing and, and just fill you up. He, he, I believe he's sending postcards all the time to us. And sometimes we just need to watch out and, and see that little encouragement that God has brought because he's such a loving, heavenly father and he's bringing us near. And uh, I, I just want to encourage you to think for a moment about the friends that don't know the Lord or the family members. And... Um, you know, consider just praying for them. Just recently, we had a, a wedding in our family, and uh, my second son got married and uh, to a lovely girl from Chile. And um, we had the wedding, and I took, took the wedding. And um, my sister from Christchurch came up, which was just so cool. And um, it was a very Christian wedding, and she, she got the whole thing. And uh, I think she liked it, and it was a lot of fun, a lot of joy, excitement, you know, those things that are there in a Christian wedding. And so she asked me if she could come to church the next day. And she has not been to church for like 45 years. She's 51. And she has not been to church like virtually ever. And I have tried so many times to invite her. You know, what it's like you invite, you think, oh man, I've done it so many times, I'm going to gonna stop. But she asked me, I said, well, we're going to sit in the front row. Are you okay? You said, yeah, I'm okay. So she comes to church and, uh, you yeah, know, she's clapping along with everybody and... She said, oh, it was like a concert. You know, it's amazing. She was really, really uh, quite taken. She couldn't believe that's what church was like. And you guys have got something really good here. You've got wonderful worship, lovely people. I mean, who wouldn't want to come here? I tell you, there's a great things happening in this church. And, um, and she came and she, and she heard. It. And then after the service, she went into the cafe. And I was getting different ones. I'll go and see my sister, Lee, and go and talk to her, you know. And so um, Adrian Barner goes and talks with her. That's Tark's wife, and uh, Lee's daughter had just having some real problems with her pregnancy, and Adrian just offers to pray for her, and so Lee says, yeah, and um, she said afterwards, um, Amy, her daughter, had a very wonderful, safe pregnancy, but had been very, very ill up to that point. And so she mentioned that just to me yesterday. And uh, so she's very, very open to God, and I am so heartened and encouraged. And oh, I've been out witnessing on the streets, and just uh, uh, in recent weeks, two weeks in a row, people came to the Lord, a lady of 81, and then a person of 16, week after week. And I thought, man, you know, God is on the move. People are getting really open. I think this is a time to start reaping and not just be sowing seed, because God is doing things. Imagine if God came to you today and he said to you, I have a wonderful surprise for you. I'm going to take you to heaven. In two days' time, my chariot is going to call at your address, Elijah will be present, and I'm going to take you up to heaven. What would you do for those next two days? What would you do? What would I do? You know, as you gathered the family around because you're about to leave and you're not coming back, would you say, "Look, Susie, look, make sure you put out the trash, and Fred, oh, look, for goodness sake, would you tidy up your room? You wouldn't say stuff like that, would you? No. What was the most important thing on your heart is what you would say. Well, Jesus face that same situation and he knew he was about to depart and go back to heaven and so he gathered the disciples around him and he shared what was really the deepest thing on our heart now I think if if we have the next slide now that would be good is it possible So the primary mission of Christ, it says, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So the very thing that was on his heart was this. And that was you, and that was me. And it's not just you and me, it's everybody. And in Matthew 28, he goes on and he He talks with them, and he said this to his believers as they gathered before he left. He said, go, therefore, and make disciples, Matthew 28, 19. Make disciples. So to make a disciple, you've got to reach a disciple who's not yet a disciple first. Make disciples of all the nations. Every country matters to God. Every country, every people group he loves dearly. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This was the very essence of his heart and what mattered most to Jesus. And he, he commissioned the early church. Now, I guess, do you sing that song, Commission My Soul? And Open the Heavens Wide? Oh, it's a great song. It's just a great song. It's called Commission My Soul. It's all about reaching the lost. It's a wonderful song. And uh, then he, he gave that commission to the early, early church. And we all kind of know the story. And You're welcome to turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And in Acts 2, you know, Jesus has been up in heaven, and now he's sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has arrived and he's come to the early church, to the believers. And when the Holy Spirit comes, often we think of, oh, goosebumps and blessing and and great things. And and that is true. But in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, we read this. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance the thing that i notice about this experience was this that they didn't just keep that experience in their four walls in their church in their prayer meeting no it says that they went out on the street and they began to proclaim christ and Peter, along with the 11, and I guess the 120, began to speak. And in verse Acts 2, in verse uh, 36, it says, Peter said to them, after preaching the gospel, he said, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. As you see, the Holy Spirit has come not just to bless us, to make us feel good, to give us joy and peace and and laughter and all the the great things that God has for us, but it's to take that message out. This was the very first meeting, prayer meeting of the church, and the very first thing they did was to take their message out and proclaim it with their uh, fellow countrymen. And I believe that that's God's heart for his church. It hasn't ever changed right from the inception of the early church there in about AD 30 or thereabouts. God's message and God's heart is still to go out and take the gospel. And uh, many, many of them responded. And as a result, that church of that day, it says Acts 17, they turned their world upside down. What about you and me? Could we do that? Well, we couldn't, but the Holy Spirit, he can He can. Sometimes he turns our world upside down, getting us ready. You know, because when that happens, we will lean on him that much more. And maybe that's been happening to you. Well, don't be alarmed and don't be fearful. And that's a word for someone. Fear not today. Fear not. God's with you, but he does it for a purpose. That our dependency might not be in ourselves or in our circumstances, but it's in God and hoping in him. That is the key. We have a great message. We have a great message. Let's get it out. Let's get it out. A man by the name of Phil Baker, and some of you have heard the story at, our, our, at the New Zealand and Beyond Conference. Phil Baker from Perth, and I've actually been to his church. Um, well, it was his church back then anyway. He invited a man to speak to a group of pastors. What was unique about the man that he invited was that the man was an atheist. He was one of the I don't know, the, the head of the Atheist Society in Australia or something like that. So this atheist comes and he's got this room of pastors, probably this number, and he's now asked to come and give them an address. The address is, why I don't believe. I, I grew up in an atheist family. I've been through all that, you know, and I had all my, my crazy reasons. But what he said was fascinating, and I've never forgotten it, and I use it to spur me. He said this. He said, if what the Bible says, pastors, is true, Christians, if it's true, he said about heaven, about hell, if it's true, and that Jesus is God's son, and he died on the cross for our sins, and he rose from the dead, then why is there no passion to get the message out? Wow. Whew. I thought, wow, that is such a a challenge to my life. It's a challenge to my life. And I try every week, because of words like that, to get my message out to somebody if they will receive it. Because I owe it to them. Someone did this to me. Someone shared Christ with me. I wouldn't be here today. I don't know where I'd be. I'd be in a bad place. If, if this hadn't happened to me, probably you may have been as well in a bad place. If somebody hadn't talked to you about Jesus, we owe it to our neighbor. Who was my neighbor? We owe it to them. And these words that this man spoke, I thought, wow. I thought, wow. I really need to make sure that I get my message out and just do what I can. And so I've just got four things today. Four ways and four keys that will help us. I've got to bring in the harvest, but in my notes here, I've just changed it. Four keys to help me keep my passion. Because passion is the thing. See, if I've got passion, I can get through any obstacle, God willing. I, if you've got passion in life, you know, you see these guys play, play rugby, and I'm a, I'm a great sports fan and a great rugby fan, and... Um, Some of these guys will play with broken hands and, you know, all bits and pieces. and They don't care. They've got passion. Whatever that reason for the passion, when you've got passion, you'll do something. And the thing I say, God, please feed my passion for lost souls. Because I know, God, if I look at your word, this is number one for you. It doesn't for a moment mean we shouldn't have love and care for each of us. It means we we do that. And almost like the outflow is into others to come into the fold and to bless them. And so I believe one way that passion can be fed is this way. It's to pray. Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. It reads these words. Because you know, so many people, so many people that we bump into at work and a neighborhood, they are in decision time right now. But we don't know. But they are right now thinking through things. See, I had no idea about my sister Lee. I had no idea until she came up to this um to our wedding, our family wedding. And she saw the, the joy and the reality of God, That the questions that she had had and the unsettledness in her own life that she had had. She began to sense this Jesus is the answer. And we talk and she's getting closer all the time. People are in the valley of the decision, so many of them. And so when we pray, God then leads us to those people. So Luke 10 and verse 2, it says... He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray, the Lord of the harvest, not to give us harvest, no, to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is always there. It's always there. And I guess about the year 2000 when I really got going on this, I was shocked, staggered, and amazed. The number of people in the Valley of Decision so open to consider about Jesus, so open to consider. So I now do this. I pray every day for souls. Uh, I don't always spend a long time on it, but I do pray every day for about 10 people by name. And then that's my neighbors and my family. And uh, then I pray for others a little bit as well. I was just having a meal recently, my wife and I, with a, with a lady and her husband. And this lady is a real evangelist. She is always getting people saved. And just while I think of that, um, Pastor John e- emailed me. We know he's on his ministry trip right now <coughs> in America, having a wonderful time. Oh, we're, we're here, you know. <laughs> anyway, he emailed me. We're talking about the, the message. And he emailed me. He was in... He was having coffee. Oh, he named the place too. I'll think of it in a minute. And he was with with someone from the church here. And this person from the church began talking to the waitress about God. And the waitress got saved. That's just this week. Isn't that amazing? Wow, it's so cool. I think it's a confirmation of this message, guys. I really think it is. I think just the timing. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So uh, they are open. They are open, and prayer is the key. And so anyway, we're with this couple, and uh, her name is Judy, and she is always leading people to Christ. There wouldn't be a month go by, maybe even less than that, and she's not just witnessing, but she's praying the prayer, and she's not just doing that. She's then getting them to church. Oh, my goodness, she does the whole package. I mean, it's amazing. So she does it, man. And I said, how do you get those results? What do you do? She said, "Oh, oh, I just pray so much about it. She starts saying, God, give me souls. God, give me, and she cries out to God every day. So I thought, oh, okay, I will do that. I will pray more fervently for ripe souls. And, and that's when, after that, I did those two different people, two weeks running to Christ at the shopping mall. Yeah, I just put more time into it. It was like another level, you know, and I began to do that. And, and while I'm in process of doing this, and I'm just taking another wee, Another wee story is I do that. Um, I recently had a bit of a, a drama. I had a detached retina. We didn't know how it happened. But suddenly one day this right eye could see and the next day it couldn't. And, you know, I didn't rush. I mean, I don't know how I didn't think this way. I didn't rush to get it looked at. So about a week later I, I get to the optometrist. And say, oh, I can't see. Is it all right? You know, she said, pack your bags, go now to the hospital, wow, so I get, get there after four different lots, I finally get to the hospital, you know, four different groups at the hospital see me, right, and then the surgeon says, oh, well, actually, you left it so long now, it's, uh, you know, uh, we'll pray, uh, so we'll operate, probably, <laughs> you pray, oh, I don't know, um, we'll, we'll operate in, on uh, Friday, which was the good Friday, right, so that was good Friday morning, so, you know, and by God's grace, I, I can see, I've got vision, it's awesome. Um, but long story short, my next visit back, <clears throat> you, you go to a nurse first, and this lady, uh, we, we just got chatting, and I always try, and just insert gently, you're serving the ball in tennis, I always, always try and just raise something about God or about church, just anything that's anything about God. She took it up, and she responded with a question back, and then away we went. And for 30 minutes, my wife, and she was there with me, we just talked to her about Christ, and she was just drinking it in so much. I thought, oh, man. Talk about ripe fruit. She has sat on the tree, so ripe, almost going to fall. You know, she's so ripe. The thing that really, really disturbed me, you know, I'll just share this, and it's to not in any way condemn this person, but I know another nurse in, in that ward. Now, this nurse is a lovely lady. She's a fine Christian lady. And they know each other, because I mentioned her to her. This Christian lady has not once talked with her about Jesus. And there was ripe fruit there, I would say for months, a long time. What would have happened if that lady, you know, I don't know, if we didn't come and talk? You see, friends, there is ripe fruit there. And we can share Jesus in very pleasant ways with people. It's what we ought to do as Christians. So, oh, that really impacted me when, when that happened, that, that not just the open nurse, but the, the other lovely, fine person. She's a great Christian, but I, she's just not focusing. Not fo- and it's not to condemn her, because I know we all do this sometimes. So prayer will give you passion. It will allow God to open doors and it will keep the main thing, the main thing. You know, the main thing is this. It really is. It's the number one priority for God. We will never have a chance once we leave this planet. We can worship, we can praise in heaven, we can love one another, we can rejoice, but we can't share with lost souls. This is the only chance we get, and God needs us. He really does. Number two, passion feeders. Number two is to go. To go. As I go out most weeks, my passion remains. If I skip, skip a week or two, my passion starts to drop. By week three, I think, oh, well, you know, it's a bit cold today. I won't, won't go out witnessing. By week four, it's really hard, you know. The odd time I've had to really fight this to get myself to share my faith. Now, you don't have to go on the street. You don't have to at all. But just do something that you can do and try and do it once a week. Share Jesus with somebody. The sharing of Jesus is not getting the Bible and hitting them. It's not giving them a Bible verse. Um, It's just mentioning what you did on Sunday just mention something that happened at youth group or in kids ministry, or you know something the church is doing, or you know the, the person mentions that they've got um, or some sickness, and you, and you can just. Uh, Share something about God and church, or, or whatever you feel comfortable But but do push the boundaries a little bit. But it's just saying, God, every day, at Lord, I'm saying, please help me to share as I go. If you will do that, you will feed your passion. If you will share Christ to whatever level, even either just inviting someone to church or to youth or an event or something, the passion will, it will remain and it will increase. Jesus said, my father works and I work. See who God is working on at the moment. I was just uh, with uh, my hairdresser, and, of course, I'm doing my thing. You know, I've been on a holiday in Australia, been to see my son, Rod, uh, with the, uh, the church there. And so I say I've been on holiday. Oh, that's great. Snip, snip, snip. What, what, did you have a good time? Yes, yes, snip, snip. You know, I said my son is pastor of a church there. Oh, really? Pastor of a church? Oh, and that, that's quite a good response, you know. So she said, oh, and so she asked a question. So away I went, and I told her, and I told everybody. I mean, that's just me, but I told her, and everybody heard it, and who was getting their hair cut, about God and how God came to me, and I'm bringing it back to me now, and he met me here in Christchurch, and he saved my life, and it was so exciting, and he's the best friend I've ever had, and I just went on, and it just flowed, and And she's taking it all in. No offense here, because I'm just sharing my story. and And then we finished, and she hasn't. Um, I had a haircut once since, and we've just loosely talked about it. She didn't ask too many questions this time, and that's fine. I didn't say anything this time. She didn't ask, she knows, so I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to be pushy. But when the opportunity comes, just present what you can. You'll be surprised, you know. You'll be surprised. So be open anytime. If you start to pray, I tell you, that's one prayer that God is going to answer. He's going to bring unsaved across your path. He's going to say, here's someone who is ripe fruit. Will you say something? And he really will. The third one is relax, have fun. Be part of a, you're part of a big team. You know, we don't have to get them saved on the spot right there. We don't have to get them say, repent on your knees right now. You need to, you filthy, you know, we just need to just share God's love with them. The thing that brought me to Christ, I could see joy in other people. It wasn't a sense of my sin, although I knew I was a sinner. It was actually the joy that they had in their lives. So it's different things for different people. So relax. I can remember sharing with a guy on the street some time ago. And um, we had a great conversation. I thought, man, this guy is so close. I thought, but he didn't want to pray the prayer or anything like that. So he left. And I would just think of him from time to time. And I prayed about him. And then some months later, God brought him back across my life. And he told me he'd since got saved and was now going to a church. And, you know, I didn't have anything to do with that. But I just played my part at that time and so when you talk with someone about the Lord you may just say a few kind words or someone is a non-Christian and they don't like Christians but you're kind and nice to them that's maybe your part with them to play I get that sometimes and I just try to be nice and kind to the person because the next Christian they meet They may remember me, the fact that I was reasonably polite and kind and open and soften that much more. I was sharing with someone and they said, oh, I've got one of those tracks. Someone gave it to me in the city. I said, oh, that's really great. So I felt liberty to take take that and said, look, can I just share with you, you know, do you know you're going to go to heaven or do you hope? Oh, I hope. Oh, well, look, can I just tell you how you can know? And I just shared five quick things with them. And I could tell when I was sharing those five quick things, he was not ready. You know, he was like this. But he, but he wanted to hear it nonetheless. So I went through with it briefly, and, and I didn't push it at all with him. But I believe he went another step forward because the track he was given from someone else. And then I played my little part, and on we moved. So just invite someone. Do what you can. You're part of the team. Relax. Have fun. You know, it can be a great thing because we really do have uh, good news. And number four is, final one, feed the passion. You know, read a book on personal faith sharing, or get involved in a small group where the focus is on reaching out to unsaved family and friends. You could go to Facebook and look at The One Minute Evangelist. That's me. I have put that up on Facebook, so I need a few more followers, so why don't you go there? <laughs> Getting into it, eh? So, you know, The One Minute Evangelist, and uh, we're going to have to get a website going. I've got the name, but we, I think we quite got it done there yet but there we go so you know just to conclude this morning that you know God loves everybody his number one heartbeat he just loves everybody on the globe and he loves that cantankerous neighbor he loves that irritable workmate he loves you know he loves everybody and everybody is all at different stages but don't worry because if like I was they're not ready right now They can be. God will just bring some uncertainty into their lives. He will just cause a bit of, you know, thing to take place that just simply gets them, the heart softened, and you can just have that right word to just gently share with them. You know, a gentle answer, the Bible says, can break a bone. You know, we we can just speak gently and lovingly. God is on the move. Get ready for this mighty harvest that is going to take place. I've got some verses that I'm going to put up on the screen now thanks guys and i would like you to join me and declare and speak these verses today over unsaved family and friends can you just as maybe the band comes up now be great just but can you think for a minute five maybe ten different unsaved people that you are, would like to see saved and you just think of them for a moment And I'm going to ask you to speak these verses over those ones. And you'll find faith will come in your heart because this is the word of God. This is the will of God. One of those verses says that God is not willing that any perish. God loves everybody. He doesn't want one person to die in the fires of hell. He doesn't want one. He loves everybody. And um, so we just... By reading this, we'll sense uh, the heartbeat of God. We'll read it through a few times and declare it. Please, you know, don't be afraid. Speak out the word of God. It has power, and uh, it will lift your faith. God will hear it. The devil will be frightened, and, and God can begin to move on your declaration so maybe today if you could stand with me first of all and we're going to just declare these verses out nice and loud we're going to speak them out we're going to believe God for salvation will come to this house that salvation will come into your home salvation will come to where you work today salvation will come into your neighborhood salvation will come to maybe your 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 maybe your dentist is a bit hard because you know you can't use your mouth so much but you know whoever it may be wherever you go the shop that you go salvation will come God loves salvation. He loves it when we will get up and begin to speak up. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So we're going to do that today. And uh, we're going to, yeah, you know, in a minute, this is a great song. It's my, one of my favorite songs. You know, God is without limits. And you think that person can't get saved? God can do anything. He really can. But we're going to declare, first of all, we're going to speak uh, a few different times. Then we'll clap. And as we're clapping, we'll come in on the song. So, so uh, guys, if you've got mics, if you could say them nice and loud with us, it would really be a, a big help. So we'll just declare them. Thanks, guys. So we're going to start from the top. We'll just say the, the verse, but we won't mention the reference. So we'll say it a few times. Are we ready? One, two, three. Here we go. You, you will, will be saved and, you and your household. household. God, God is not, not willing that, that any, any perish. Spirit.
1: but But all come come to repentance. repentance. Whoever Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. My family and friends will be be saved. Let's say one more time, you will be saved and your your household. God God is not willing that any perish, but But all come to repentance. Whoever whoever calls on the name of of the Lord shall be saved my family and friends will be saved one last time you will be saved and your household god is not willing that any perish but all come to repentance whoever calls on the name of the lord shall be saved my family and friends will be saved we've got a mighty clap offering today hallelujah yes our god is great He is mighty. He loves everybody. They will be saved. Let's sing it. Let's believe God for a miracle.